Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the mid-feast of Pentecost, where we are halfway between the great feast of Pascha and the feast of Pentecost. And the church has for us reading in the Gospel of John, where our Lord comes into the temple to teach in the middle of the feast, as uh, the scripture had, relates to us. But for them, that was, of course, not Pascha, but it was the middle of the feast of Pentecost. Uh, and he is, this is just a chapter or so after what we had this past Sunday. And like uh, so many conversations in the Gospel of John, and like this past Sunday, where the paralytic and Jesus don't really have much of a conversation, uh, this is one of these Johannine elongated uh, back and forth between Jesus and those that he is engaged with. As our Lord is teaching in the feast, uh, the middle of the feast in the temple, uh, there's this astonishment all around him. Who is this guy? He did not go to the best university, right? He, where is this guy coming from? And everyone's confused. They have already heard things about him. We've already been told in a chapter two that there's already desire to persecute, to possibly kill him. And Jesus responds to their questions. How does he know these things? He doesn't even, how does he know his letters even, right? He says, my doctrine is not mine, but him who sent me. One of the great Johannine themes. Uh, this question of where is his authority from? Where is he from? Right From the very beginning of John 1, we know that he is from God, the Father, that he's come to tabernacle with us. But this is the constant question. Who is he? Where is he from? But he says that he speaks not of his own authority, but of God's, of the Father's. He does not seek his own glory, but he seeks the glory of the one who sent him. And then the response because Jesus goes a little bit further. He says, didn't Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Just. <laughs> this is a response. This is great. You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Because he talks about how there's this animosity. He already knows that there are those who are seeking to kill him. And Jesus answers, I did one work, and you all marvel." And then he goes, you, you all got so mad about the Sabbath. But don't you circumcise on the Sabbath in order to fulfill the law? Yet you're angry at me because I made someone completely well on the Sabbath. Again, like this past Sunday, it's just this. There's a man walking around who had been years not able to walk, and you're focused on the fact that he's carrying his bed. Our Lord says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Throughout the Gospel of John, there is this constant in these conversations thing about John 6. The, in, the interaction with Nicodemus as he comes in the middle of the night, there's this confusion. Pain birth. What are you talking about? Uh, where we have John 6, where he's talking about you have to eat meat. And everyone's going, what are you talking about? And now we get here and he's saying, you have to get beyond appearance. You have to move deeper. 
It's not just about keeping the law in some abstract way, but there's something that's deeper, that is truer, that is living, that is real. In some ways, it's like that standing right in front of you, that you are confused about who he is, where he's from. Throughout the Gospel of John, it's this constant, like, kind of, I don't want to say illusion. It's like Jesus is there, like, on Sunday, right? He's there, he heals, and then what does he do? He's gone. And everybody's looking for him. When he appears again, he says, go and sin no more. Then he's gone. They want to kill him in this exchange. They look to kill him, he's gone. Even in conversations, he says something, people don't quite get it. And then he's kind of removed and keeps moving on, and he constantly he's pointing, go deeper. Actually open your eyes. See what is true, what is real. Don't allow all these little hang-ups, but actually deal with what is right in front of you. Continuing, the Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring as they're trying to understand what this rabbi is talking about. And then Jesus tells them to the officers of the Pharisees and chief priests, send to him, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then you'll go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. can't always blame them for not fully understanding what Jesus is saying. <laughs> Because he's obviously not just speaking in just plain ways. <laughs> the Jews' response to this, where does he intend to go? Does he want to go out to the diaspora among the Greeks? And he's going to go teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he said? You shall seek me and not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Then on the last day of the feast, because Jesus eludes the officers, he eludes their understanding. He stands up, and it tells us he cries out. If you remember from Lent and Wisdom, who cries out, who stands in the middle of the street and cries out? Throughout the Gospel of John, if you think of Wisdom literature, the Proverbs, Jesus is like Wisdom, right? In a sense, he's, he's obvious on one hand, but he's also elusive on the other. He's out crying in the middle of the street, but people are confused about what he's talking about. He says, crying out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In the middle of the feast, at the end, in the middle, we have this chasing after him, him telling them, don't judge by just appearances. Go deeper. At the end of the feast, he reveals himself and he cries out, If you thirst, drink. And you will receive great blessings. Out of your belly will flow rivers of flowing water. Water throughout scripture, of course, is associated with baptism, with recreation, with renewal, and is, of course, a sign of the Spirit. Ezekiel talks about the waters flowing from the new temple. Our Lord invites us as we stand looking back to the Pascha, still uh, basking in the light of Pascha, 
And then we look ahead and we see the gift of the Holy Spirit, as John kind of editorizes, you know, gives us that, third, that narration outside of the story saying, he's talking about something they don't really understand yet, that is going to be given to them. That the Holy Spirit is going to descend. And as we know from the teachings of the church, the Holy Spirit descends with those who conform themselves to seeking after that wisdom. Those who conform themselves to the teaching of Christ those who seek him. We do not judge by appearance, because if you're just to look at our Lord, he was a man. But to judge with righteous judgment, to see that the works, the things that he says, the miracles wrought by him, but also just the life, the truth that flows from him, through him, and in him, that we are able to judge righteously, that we are able ourselves to have living waters flowing from us. Not because of us, but because of him. And following him in adherence to him, we ourselves elude the world. We ourselves are able to see into the depth of reality itself. What this is all for. Because in adherence to him, looking back at what he's done for us through Pascha, we receive wisdom, the divine gift from above. The Holy Spirit that is going to and does those who are sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, who are conforming themselves to the image of Christ, who are, like we have in baptism, who are conforming themselves into his death. St. Sophronia talks about basically the path of forsakenness, of self-emptying is the path to basically self, I don't say elevation, I forget the exact wording of it, but self-transfiguration, uh, not from the power of self, but because of him, as we empty ourselves, as our, our Lord did, we are filled up and we are transfigured. This is the Christian path. This is beyond appearance. This is what life ultimately is all about. So let us, in the middle of the feast, rejoice in what God has done for us, but also look forward to what God is doing in us and what he will do in us in the gift of the Holy Spirit that he will send in just a few short weeks. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen.